Hi everyone, welcome to Cyber Sierra webinar series. We are going to talk about cybersecurity, insurance, and uh, broadly how we can solve cyber risk. Today we have with us Kaushik Pandey, uh, who has spent a significant amount of time in the cybersecurity industry. Kaushik, uh, over to you. Please do share your journey so far, how you got in, um, how, the, how, how things have been, what are you working on nowadays? Thanks a lot, Pramod, and thanks a lot, Cyber Sierra team as well, for um, having me over here. Having said that, um, I spent around uh, eight plus years, so let's say around nine years uh, or so in the cyber security, the core cyber security industry, because many times what happens is that okay, people start from IT, people start from different backgrounds, then they slowly move into cyber security. However, I've been completely focused in cyber security in the past eight plus years that I also lead one of the particular uh, PCI trainings known as CPSI, which is Certified Payment Industry Security Implementer. So its advanced version was actually curated, launched, and delivered by myself, myself. And there are more than 10,000 security professionals today who are certified on that particular, uh, we can say, workshop or certification or standard as well. So that's a quick one about me. Pramod, over to you. What trends are you seeing in cybersecurity? What were you seeing in the early days? How have things evolved? Um, please cover some of these, top three or five of them. Okay, sure. So... I believe the, the major factor today or the major change what we see in the industry is that the attack surface and the same things you will see in Gartner studies and Forrester studies and many different ones as well, okay, that the attack surface is increasing like anything. When I say attack surface, it means that uh, all of us know about COVID, right? Okay. We were hit by COVID overnight. We had to switch from work from office to work from home. The risk surface area increased drastically. Uh, and this was not something which, let's say, was a secret. It means it's not that, that okay, Pramod and Kaushik only knew that, okay, now people will be using their own laptops, maybe, or their own mobile phones, or many different devices as well to access the corporate infrastructure which were not secured as per the industry practice, as per the corporate practices as well, right? This is just one of the examples. In a similar manner, today, when uh, each and every one of us uh, want to perform, let's say, a day-to-day -day job, we want easy accessibility. And whenever we need to have easy accessibility, we need to access anything from anywhere, right? So in that particular sense, uh, the IT security uh, team inside an organization are having a really, really bad time because they really don't know that, okay, exactly from where the attack vector will come. And that's why all of these things will boil down to, which I think we have discussed in the past, is where about zero trust security framework, where each and every application, each and every server, each and every system component, okay, needs to perform their own AAA, which is the authentication, authorization, accounting. And then accordingly, that, that, that can particularly lead the way. Okay. That that's what let's say the attack surface increase or let's say how exactly the attack surface is increasing that particular thing will come. The second of all will be around the identity, the IID management. Now today, if you'll see, everything revolves around your user access. Okay, you have a privilege which has been assigned to your user ID, and then accordingly you can access different different system components based upon the need to know basis, the least privileges necessary over here. One particular trend, which is uh, one, uh, what we call it in cybersecurity terms is initial attack vector. Okay. So initial attack vector means that uh, what exactly the hackers or the intruders use 
at the very first instance to come or let's say to penetrate inside your organization and then according they'll expand so that's the initial attack vector the iav so in which you will see the business email compromise okay plays a very very high role over there around i believe more than 4 million dollars worth okay on an average has been uh, let's say spent on that or let's say has been compromised okay i'm saying average it means that okay it will be in hundreds to let's say thousands in multiplication as well right and business email compromises that let's say that particular intruder or the hacker will be focusing on the c level executives accordingly they will compromise their email ids and then they will start sending emails to let's say their it admin their system admin and all saying that okay give me access for half an hour there's a mission critical thing and let's accordingly let's say uh, perform a duty and then of course if a particular person is getting a, an email from a ciso or a ci or a cr or let's say ceo as well they cannot deny it right and then accordingly the things get compromised so iit and access management will be playing a very very crucial role in the coming days and last but not the least will be around the supply chain the supply chain management that is very 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 crucial please like for example uh, the other day we were discussing about uh, one of the um, fmcg getting compromised as well right and uh, they themselves didn't know that they were already compromised from the time they had bought that particular business two or three years back so that particular business was already compromised two or three years back when they brought it into and they integrated with their own infrastructure that particular malware just came from that the older infrastructure to the newer infrastructure because they thought it would get trusted traffic in a similar manner today on an average each and every organization is having let's say 20 to 25 vendors different vendors all together they have really no idea as to which all data elements they are sharing with each other and they have no idea about the security practices as well right uh, majority of the times what happens is that they run a particular program or the tprm a third party risk management which is believe me it's a checklist okay they will send the checklist to the other vendor the check they will just fill up it up and then accordingly give it does that justify that they are secure absolutely not right and that's how they have no idea that okay what all security practices are being implemented across their uh, let's say the vendors which compromises the security posture of the parent or let's say of the parent organization as well so these three will be the this is the primary trends which uh, i believe i see that uh, are quite challenging are quite daunting as well to majority of the ciso's across the world pramod over to you so let's recap these three one is increasing surface area of attack everyone is digitizing covid has made that even more and the surface area of attack has gone a lot higher the third one that you mentioned is supply chain risk right um i forgot what's the second one the iit access management identity access management and between the first and second you mentioned something which is also becoming more and more important and that is zero trust earlier Absolutely. it was a concept that wasn't there but increasingly you know zero trust is now being discussed in many domains especially in security domains it started with in my view i i came across zero trust uh, proofs uh, in the in in the cryptocurrency world um uh, i'm not sure if it was already there from before but but please share you know how how do you get introduced to this zero trust what is zero trust um and and how should people you know view it and and use it okay so 
zero trust framework primarily came into perspective late in 2008s and 9s uh when uh, one of the biggest search engine uh, faced or let's say was hit by an incident let's let's call it an incident over here okay uh their entire network perimeter security controls went for a toss uh and so one way one solution for them was that okay let's strengthen it more let's add more technology let's add more security around it okay and let's uh, let's say build a fortress right that so that's the common uh, uh, you can say the security in this now which everyone would have done but what they did was that okay let's go deeper over here and let's try to understand why exactly the particular thing happened because when the attack happened it went from one particular system to the other okay on uh, what we known as from from one one hop to the other in a lateral communication right it means that even though i have secured the entire perimeter even if one particular system gets compromised gets affected the others will get compromised in the same manner because once it has entered into your fortress it can roam around the entire network in person like anything and that's where we they came up with this particular uh, because the concept known as zero trust security framework where each and every system comprehensive every server or application whatever we call it right okay uh like today we have uh, cybersera.com let's say it's an application right now cybersera.com if it wants to give access to any of the resources which it has like a few of the case studies a few of the white papers and all it needs to authenticate that particular user okay then let's say inside when i go into cybersera.com i log in as a particular user right and i go inside i was able to access a few resources here and there but after that i want to log in as an admin right now that's a different privilege that's a different you can say authentication which is required over there so can i go with the same authentication which i had not at all it's a different application it's a different console altogether so let's log in over there with the same triple a with the authentication authorization accounting and then let's get access to your console or let's say your to your admin console in a similar manner zero trust security framework behaves in the exactly same way that each and every system component which we have over here needs to authenticate you as a user needs to authenticate you as an authenticated user and then accordingly provide you access and today specifically during the covid times uh, you can the majority of the organizations across the world have implemented zero trust security framework because that was the only way in which they could have saved themselves otherwise they would have just been you can say performing vpn tunnels from their firewalls to end user desktops and how exactly things were moving on between the vpn connections many of the times even the vpns have faced uh, the man in the middle attacks as well right uh, and which were very very frustrating for them which were especially for the it admins as well so that's why they went with the zero trust security framework where each and every system comer was able to authenticate for themselves from up thanks for sharing so is it fair to say the zero trust like security policies based on zero trust uh, concept is now common or is it becoming more and more common it's becoming more and more common right uh, especially for the organizations which have um, uh, let's say given total work from home or let's say work from anywhere that's a new policy right the wfa work from anywhere you can work around the world from anywhere and then accordingly we'll be able to support you those types of organizations absolutely uh, 
they would have gone i will say okay because that is one of the um, uh, you can say uh, no no brainer for these types of organizations okay although yes uh, even to uh, architect such kind of uh, security setup it takes time uh, there are very much technologies which needs to be introduced the server capacity the servers uh, on which the older applications were running okay those have to be revamped as well because now this particular server will not do just the bau the business as usual activity but it's been responsible for security as well of the particular server so i need to uh, give them some power as well so that they can perform both the duties at the same time so it's a time taking process it doesn't happen overnight but yes organizations which uh, uh, let's say are considering security like in their genes they're absolutely going for zero trust security framework great this is a perfect segue into breaches so companies are using zero trust uh, policies they have digitized rapidly there is a trail of vulnerabilities that are being exploited um you know some people are trying to fight it some people are not yet very prepared what do you see in terms of uh, number of breaches you work with customers on a global basis right you have customers in almost every country i think when we last discussed we covered a lot of countries where you have customers uh so based on what you see in, in in the market how many breaches are happening don't tell me the number but you know what the trend breaches right it's a very um uh, interesting uh, topic to say right and like the way we all uh, let's say start a particular story like once upon a time right? so let's start with that once upon a time uh, i believe the the first breach which happened was in 1986 or so okay uh, yeah that's that's where the first breach happened and uh, it was a major uh, tv channel service provider okay it happened in us at that time there was a particular movie uh, which was running i don't remember the name of the particular movie uh, but there was a particular uh, group of hackers known as captain moonlight or something okay and uh, they came out with those uh, rain, rain rainbow colored lines on the tv okay and there was a message over there that okay the captain moonlight has accordingly compromised the entire satellite okay and uh, what they were what they what, what was the motive was that how exactly a particular tv channel service provider can charge 1295 1295 dollars a month for the subscription okay and that's what they were trying to portray that okay how exactly uh, means uh, in the best of your mind can you even charge that okay uh, that's from where let's say the thing started today if you'll see the breaches the records which are getting compromised are going in billions not even millions but billions one of the most famous uh, email service providers got impacted in 2013 3 billion records were compromised based uh, penalties lawsuits and everything worth i believe 350 million or so okay which brought down their valuation as well at that time Aisha is is 350 million because that's the amount that Adam Newman raised for his new company you know <laughs> 350 million <laughs> it was in 2013 right from okay so yes, that's right yeah yeah okay so, okay so right i must be, confused. be yes. exactly right now it's available but yeah 350 million was the uh, 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 let's say monetary loss 
which uh, they got impacted because that was um, uh, let's say in their public statement as well okay that because of this particular uh, incident whatever happened uh, our valuation got uh, less okay and uh, whichever company xyz bought us okay they paid xyz amount less okay because of the particular breach so that's why the particular amount flashes over there okay after that so many different breaches like uh, one of the uh, uh, you can say credit risk bureau okay got compromised i believe it was 2017 18 some sometime in in us again right um, and i can see in promote's eyes right now that promote will come back and say okay, why in us why exactly is happening in us but okay let's 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 keep continuing right now so uh, yeah that the credit risk bureau got impacted uh, millions of records again was compromised uh, they got all said they were one of the one of the first people uh, or the benefit people means organization who got fined from gdpr as well from the gdpr regulation okay uh, because you have to understand from this concept as well right because gdpr was primarily came into force from 2018-19 onwards correct that was the time gdpr came into force and this was the breach which happened at the same time so an example was required to be set and then accordingly an example was set around the same line i believe that uh, one of the uh, social networking service provider as well okay uh, uh, got impacted using the same incident um, i believe it was 19 or so if i am not mistaken okay it was in 2019 when this particular breach happened around uh, close to around 100 million uh, records were compromised at the same time that was a challenge with the supply chain right uh because they trusted the third party who was taking their information that particular third party got compromised and accordingly these guys also got compromised the same thing happened for a major um um uh, mdr service provider a managed action response service provider as well okay where their service provider got compromised and then accordingly these guys also got compromised right and the thing is that these mdr service providers were connected with hundreds and hundreds of customers across the world okay it means that okay each and every one of them each and every one of their customers got a potential breach attack that okay they will also get impacted in the same time so breaches from like i told you from 86 to 2013 from 13 to 17 to 19 uh the last year as well whatever happened uh with the mdr uh, the why the supply chain uh, management attacks is increasing it's increasing like anything and actually uh, the average the average number of days which an organization take to detect and accordingly uh, 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 remediate that particular attack or is remedy that particular thing okay is in the uh, factors of 270 280 days that's how much time an organization takes to detect and then accordingly respond and recover from these types of attacks this is the current uh, you can say statistics however i think last year last last year it was uh, between 290 to 300 days okay so now we are it's reducing absolutely right uh but it's reducing more from this particular uh, single factor is because 
the hackers and intruders right now are more industry focused. Uh, they are not just going to every moment pop shop and uh, just uh, trying to, uh, you can say, do it. Like, I believe it was France, a uh, particular hospital uh, got attacked. Uh, a ransomware actually got impacted uh, over there. Um, and uh, they were asking for money, of course, for, for, for ransom to, uh, uh, let's say, get their servers up, up and running. And what they did was they routed the ambulances to each and every corner of France. Uh, because of which actually people also got compromised, people also uh, got, got died, right? And this is not the first time which has, it has happened. During the COVID times as well, the same thing happened. So what exactly these people did was that, um, uh, and that's the, how the hackers work too. Uh, they compromise a particular organization and then they go to sleep. Means they will install a malware, they'll install their script and they'll go to sleep. And they will wait for such moments where, let's say, they can uh, take advantage of the situation. So during the COVID times, hospitality and all okay, got really, really impacted due to these ransomwares, due to these malwares, which were already installed on their system. right? And that is one of the reasons why exactly when you see uh, the average cost of a breach for each and every type of sector of the organization, right? Healthcare is the most impacted. There's a $10 million of an average cost per breach over there, followed by financial sector, which says another 6 million or so, okay, coming down to the IT and let's say the others, which around to 5 million or so, okay. So that's how the entire trajectory goes at that time as well. And uh, believe me or not, but uh, the ransomware, which is uh, quite uh, famous right now, buzz, is created on ransomware, right? 80% of the organizations who pay ransom get impacted by the same ransomware in another six months. It means that a particular hacker intruder comes inside their organization, establishes a backdoor, okay? You pay the ransom, they'll decrypt the files, they'll say, okay, fine, here are your files, here are your credentials, here are your, uh, all, all the documents and everything, okay? But the backdoor is still established. And after six months or eight months or so, again, hit by the same ransomware. So that's how the world is moving right now. There are some very hard hitting facts that you brought out in this, uh, in this, in this session here. Thank you for putting them uh, in front of us. Remember, you spoke about US. We should cover that as well. Is it, do you see a large concentration of risk in the US or do you see the threat spread out in a way that's global? All right. I will say that... Um, the, the risk, the attack vectors, yes, they are focused more towards the US or let's say towards the Western world because everybody knows that that's where the money lies. Um, although we can talk about different uh, economies ac ac across the world, but uh, today you and me both know that, okay, when we go and uh, compare a currency, we compare it with the USD. All right, that's how uh, it goes. That's how the world goes as well. Having said that, um, uh, why exactly... Uh, intruders and different uh, things of the world are concentrating towards us it's also because of many of the technological dependencies as well which these guys have because we have to understand acknowledge particular fact as well that uh, the world followed what exactly the western world did at some point in time and then i call the technology started migrating from there to us and that's why they are called the first world countries Right. Because they have already achieved that particular developed nation 
kind of an approach and then accordingly we follow it means that majority of the underlying technologies which they have okay is not something which has been developed overnight it's since ages it's lying over there okay and then accordingly they are developing more and more on top of it it means that they have a huge huge technological legacy challenges which you and me do not understand uh, at at our length at any given point in time i believe it was 4 years 4 years or 5 years back something like that where uh, majority of the airlines of a particular uh, major airline service provider of us came to a standstill i think uh, another 5000 to 7000 of their flights okay all less their destination did their entire itinerary got impacted because of a system glitch in one of their legacy applications which got done okay and this is something which uh, uh, of course many of us know i believe that at that time i was in um, somewhere in us um, i was and uh, for 30 minutes or so 30 30 minutes or so the internet went down okay the internet went down at that time uh, where we uh, let's say next day when we got another what exactly happened one of the major cloud service providers got impacted it was not a breach one of their engineers actually uh, misconfigured a particular application misconfigured a particular system and then accordingly the internet went down it means that how much of our infrastructure right now is dependent upon these cloud service provider which are based out of us right so it's not just let's say these breaches which are happening even if let's say we want to impact the availability of infrastructure the availability of resources and all the same thing gets done at the same time and us as the economy shifts will be the target market or there from all that is a great great insight that you shared uh, about uh, the environment the milieu of breaches how do you see companies responding to this uh, in the us outside the us globally right um, are they prepared are they quite unprepared uh, if a company is doing well um, in terms of handling cybersecurity uh, programs and postures what does that look like in my in, in my in my work so far what i found is that there's a lot of truth to what you said that uh, most companies especially in our digital economy are built on on broadly two 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 layers right one is your open source layer which has a, a complex web of middleware some of it is open source some of it is third party tools the open source tools third party tools they have vulnerabilities and then there is proprietary technology that teams are building and shipping prioritizing go to market and security is a second concern right i think it's a, it's a well known fact so the more you ship the the larger your surface area of attack and therefore you know uh, it's easier to and a lot of breaches are happening mostly because of misconfigurations that's the start you misconfigure s3 bucket uh, that becomes an entry point right you you misconfigure your cider range uh, cidr range becomes an entry point so do you see companies being prepared for this threat because it is becoming a threat at i guess you know at the company level at the uh, national level also regional level right um, is basically is basically now viewed as a threat broadly speaking and this threat can be posed by an, somebody who is sitting at home like us um, or you could be a nation state that is preparing for war right so how do you see companies responding to this based upon our interaction with the different companies across the world 
um organizations tend to get serious only when they get impacted okay uh that's how it goes and um i want to let's say take them into account and say that okay no you shouldn't do this but having said that uh we should also acknowledge this particular fact that they don't know security right okay like if i'm talking to an e-commerce merchant they know how to sell product they know how to sell services they know how to penetrate into a b2c market right they don't know that okay uh, how to secure my servers that's where they onboard third party service providers or let's say they onboard a team of security professionals and all which try to do everything whatever they can but the company at score doesn't know about those things or they were never developed in this particular manner because see i have to sell a particular product what i did i went to a particular application developer i said okay give me a web application i want to sell my product right okay okay once i get the web application as of now i'm still a merchant i'm not a web application developer i'm not an e-commerce savvy guy right i went okay the what is the next thing i need to host it okay who is the hosting service provider xyz is also hosting service provider right okay who will manage these servers abc will manage this particular service right who will manage security somebody else F- fgh will be managing that particular service right in a similar manner now i have 15 different service providers who are managing and i as of now is still a merchant who doesn't know anything who knows only how to sell services how to sell things or that okay now till the time everything is going good i am earning big bucks on my money right i don't care what is happening in the other world right as far as my profits are increasing every day every year the time when i get hit by a incident by an incident okay that's where my eyes gets open and i say okay boss what just happened so that is the difference between a proactive and a reactive approach which we have over here okay majority of the organizations today are reactive they are not proactive i have seen organizations which have total employee count of let's say 50000 to uh, 1 1 lakh as well right okay or 50 lakh was a 50000 to 100000 um, as well over there who have a cyber security team of five members seven members how exactly can you expect a cyber security team of five to seven team members to manage the entire globe of let's say these many security folks right okay so are they turning serious yes after a particular incident after, after a particular breach after a particular uh, let's say uh, disaster uh, happens okay that's when they get uh, really serious about it and that is the that is one of the very reasons why exactly uh cisos uh, which is uh, this is the chief information security officer in a particular company even right now as well are not taken that seriously okay although yes they have got a place in the big table but majority of the companies what they do is that they say that okay the cso will report to a cio chief information officer or they will report to a cro which is a chief risk officer they themselves then got the seat at the table they are reporting to somebody or the other and then the it budget comes then the cro or the cio will have their own budget and from there small drops will come to the cso as well for their own security budget right and in that particular security budget they have to do everything because tomorrow if a particular incident happened this cso is gone right irrespective whatever they said because uh we have uh, been a part of many of the strategic board member team meetings as well okay where the ciso's 
actually go ahead and tell to the entire board, talk to the entire board and say that, okay, boss, if we do not implement this technology, if we do not implement this particular practice, we are looking at a very, very high value of risk over here. But the board says that, okay, no, we do not have a budget for this right now. This is the limited budget what you have. Now you define your priorities and then accordingly go ahead at the same time. So that's where organizations, and that will be, let's say, one of the feedbacks uh, from, from our end as a cybersecurity professional, is please learn from others' mistakes. Please learn from the other breaches, the other incidents which are happening. One of the credit risk bureau breach, which I uh, told you about in 2017 or so, which happened, there was an, um, uh, uh, let's say, a server-side vulnerability of a particular service provider, okay, which was left unpatched for three months because of which that particular breach happened. And the communication of that particular uh, patch was released by, uh, uh, I believe, FBI as well was released by CISA as well, was released by NIST as well. But that particular organization didn't. They didn't pass that particular server. Why? Because of business. Because they were having, let's say, high value of business. And as soon as you uh, deploy a major patch, you need to restart the servers, right? And they didn't have any time to do that. And then accordingly, things get got compromised. And that's why in, uh, in U.S., uh, you have something known as a freeze period, right? Which you do not have in majority of uh, the parts of the world, okay? But you have that in the US. From uh, November, from November and from December onwards, you have the freeze period in which not even a single change will happen on the production environment. Why? Because that's the time when they want to sell everything. That's the hardest season, right? And they say, I don't care about anything else right now. Let me sell. And that's the best time for the hackers and shooters as well. Because they know if there is a patch which is missing, if there's a vulnerability which they have, it will be left open. And accordingly, nobody will be there to even check them. And then accordingly, things get compromised. Many of the breaches which has happened, happened during the time period as well. Where the SIM solution, the MDR solution, kept giving alerts. A hell lot of alerts that boss, somebody is coming inside. Somebody is trying to intrude. Somebody is trying to penetrate and uh, let's say take the data outside. But they thought it's a false positive because we are having too much traffic right now because of which this particular solution is giving us no alert. And then accordingly, things got compromised. Promote. In a way, as long as business is doing well and you're not required by regulations, this will persist. Because imagine if you're making a hundred million dollars and a breach costs you $5 million, would you stop your journey to that $100 million for that $5 million? So as long, in my view, right, when I was listening to you, because when I think of my, my past journey building companies, um, I can imagine the boardroom conversations. I can imagine the management team prioritizing. I can imagine the CEO, CTO, you know, having a discussion around these things. And um, everyone, re it's difficult to swing to either side you know, completely the side of very strong security measures or the side of purely business, right? There has to be some middle ground and that compromise, uh, compromise middle ground is one where business gets prioritized because if no business, what is there to protect, right? That's, that's literally lines that I've heard uh, in, in boardrooms as well, right? So I think as long as security teams are separate from the rest of the org is going to be a tension. 
there will be a tension between security and the rest because security is 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 actually coming and telling you things that you cannot do or stop doing this right and when you are engaged in doing something uh few people want to be told to stop so there, there has to be a way where security blends into your software development life cycle or it becomes an integral part of the process uh for go to market strategies and i think there are a suite of solutions in the market that we can we can look at i, I understand you and i are both working on on some of these uh but we'll leave our companies out of it we just want to have a good discussion around cybersecurity today but you know is there any anything else that we should keep in mind uh in trying to fix the current status quo first of all to fix we need to identify first what we have right now majority of the organizations have really no idea of what data they carry right how much data do they have and what is the importance of that particular data once we understand that then we'll go into the containers let's say containers means server databases and all after we go to the server database then we'll go to the security perimeter or say the security devices around it right so first of all to understand the scope to understand the data elements to understand the assets which we have right okay should be a major 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 factor which each and every organization should be doing that is the way reason why exactly um, um and as you rightly mentioned that the local governing bodies need to actually come out and make sure that the organizations get compliant right that's that's what the need of the r and that is the way reason why exactly they are focusing on the pii data not just on uh, financial data not just on the health data they are just coming with the pii data that's it period uh, and organizations are required to secure it like anything uh, one more uh, fact which you said uh, and actually one of our customers um, i cannot even say that okay which part of the world that particular customer was but one of the customer came back and said that uh, see boss uh, to um, to pay you and get compliant right i spent 100000 if uh, let's say i and and to maintain the all the security practice and everything another 300 to 400000 so totally i end up paying 500000 okay for the entire security practices whatever i need to maintain right and if i get compromised i pay to the government only 100000 okay the same thing what you mentioned right so why exactly should i go with you simple period right but why exactly should i go with you and that's where the reputation loss comes into picture right because no money can buy your reputation again in the market once and again i'll go to one more uh, link which you said earlier trust right although when you said it was more on the technical terms now i am coming to the literal meaning of trust right once a particular customer a consumer loses trust in that particular company it's it's not coming back it's not coming back right it will take hell lot of time to build that particular trust again uh, and this is what exactly the companies need to understand they also need to understand as well okay that is not just about the monetary loss which will go for a toss it's also about the reputation your market image which will go for a toss and after that you cannot do anything okay because once you have lost you you are lost i have seen or say both of us have seen actually so many companies after getting breached after getting the compromise they are overtaken by some of the other company 
some other country will just overtake them because their entire board says that okay boss if you cannot maintain the security practice the entire rep repo is gone okay you have to revamp everything so why not just sell it off this particular kind of a business so the local regulations and all those things will come or let's say are strengthening uh, all of these security compliances every uh, year i should say okay uh, right now it's just a race i believe it was um, uh, a movie dialogue if i'm not mistaken that uh, uh, let's say the bad actors right uh, or the villains or the bad actors whatever we say over here right uh, they just need to get lucky once the security team has to get lucky each and every time when the intruders are coming in right so once that particular hacker the intruder gets lucky the entire thing is gone okay so the local regulators right now are coming out with more and more stringent uh, you can say uh, factors but um, one particular feedback if it goes to the local regulations as well as the world local regulations should be common for all it should not be industry specific or let's say it should not be that okay if i am from the government or if i am from the private or let's say if i am from the semi private or what exactly it is because ultimately we have to understand that is the customer's data the customer trusted you or the organization or the government with their data if you are not able to fulfill your duty over there then accordingly the law the regulation everything should be the same for everyone over there Kaushik this is excellent thank you for for sharing you know our final question that we typically ask at the end of the of the webinar is if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and you know solve some of the problems that you face while you're doing your work what would they be and it looks like you gave me the first part of your answer already that regulation should apply to all uh, because every company is dealing with personal information customer information that that public trust companies to 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 handle right what else what else would you like to do if you had a magic wand i will steal the words of um, of a ciso over here okay I, i i read it in an article over there i will try to get this you can say thinking thinking process into each and every one of us which just goes in code and says think before you click okay that's it period things think before you click right now majority of the breaches are happening because we don't even think we uh, okay uh, the phishing attacks right okay very very uh, high value uh, you can say uh, the 5 million to 7 million is an average cost of a phishing attack what is happening and is one of the top most initial attack vector okay for every organization even till date even after so many awareness campaigns running across each and every company because i myself have seen because when we go uh, when we used to do audit when we go for an audit we assess they say that okay yes we are running a security awareness campaign for across the world uh, every month we are sending let's say these many emails to everyone we are we are telling them that okay what is what are the do's and the don'ts and all those things okay even then phishing attack is compromising majority of the across the world even till day as well why because first of all the users right okay a user need not uh, be disgruntled to actually impact your organization a user can be silly as well and it can impact your organization right okay i go to let's say a coffee shop 
uh, over there. And uh, uh, let's say I start talking about my password or let's say my credentials or something like that and open that manner, right? Or otherwise, let's say I am giving all my credentials on the same, uh, uh, let's say the Wi-Fi portal, which is there on that particular copy website, because majority of uh, the people across the world try to use the same password for each and every one of their logins. So once that particular coffee shop guy as well give you a login and the password, something like that, and use the same password over there to log into any of their accounts and it's gone, it's done. You, you cannot do anything over there, right? And why? Because we didn't check the link on which, let's say we were trying to enter the particular username, password and things like that. Believe that uh, uh, today, uh, today I read uh, one particular article in which they said that okay, SaaS service providers are getting impacted the most from the phishing perspective okay so what exactly the attackers are doing is that the attackers are going ahead and compromising the SaaS service providers which act as a platform and then accordingly compromising their applications or the databases and all those things and then they are routing the uh, let's say the customers like let's say you and me to come over there enter their credentials and then gone over there right uh, and that's why FBI released a particular uh, informational uh, disclosure. So they're talking about credential stuffing. Okay. So what are the credential stuffing means is that uh, the username and the passwords, okay, they supply like a brute force to all of these websites. And then accordingly, they get that, okay, what exactly is happening? We'll say they will be able to get the authenticated access. Why? Because the same factor. One username and password got compromised. You and me as a user using the same password for 10 different sites, all the 10 different login credentials are compromised at the same time. Okay. So second most thing over there would be around the user awareness around, let's say, uh, let's say the factor that, okay, you and me, when we log in, let's think before we click on anything. That's how we'll be able to maintain a secure society. Promote. This is great. Common regulations for all digital companies and think before you click. This, uh, this is a great way for us to end our webinar series today. Thank you so much for your time, Kaushik. There is, there is so much that we can learn from you. Um, you know, I hope this podcast has captured some of the key insights. Uh, thanks for sharing everything that you did. Thank you, Kaushik. Thanks a lot, Pramod. Thanks a lot to the Cyber Sierra team as well for having me. Thank, thanks a lot. Have a good one ahead. Thank you so much.